This show may contain strong language and sexual content. If you're a minor looking for information or help without all the grown-up stuff, visit our website at mygayagendapodcast.com for resources. This episode contains discussion of disownment from family, religion, specifically Christianity, and mention of eating disorders. It also contains discussions about the LGBTQIA community, but you probably figured that out already. It's right in the title. Monday, we're super gay. Tuesday is also gay. Wednesday is still pretty gay. And Thursday, I have a night class. Friday, we continue to be gay. Saturday is the gayest day. Sunday, yeah, it's still gay. But we also record a podcast. Hello and welcome to My Gay Agenda, an investigative podcast where we interview the queer community and plan our world domination. My name is Jay. My name is CJ, and we are your co-conspirators in trying to figure out whatever it is cishet people think it is we're doing. Uh, but CJ, what's on the buy schedule for today? We're talking with Cal, and then we're gonna play a game, Woo! and I'm gonna scream about both of those. <laughs> <laughs> We didn't talk about that before we started recording. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) You're not prepared for us to fully scream into our microphones? Uh, You know what? I can't say I am. (laughs) We we could be quieter. This could be the ASMR episode that everyone's been asking for. (laughs) It's the gay SMR. (gasps) There it is. There it is. I'm gonna just gonna crinkle a a pride flag into my microphone. That was a fan. (laughs) How are you today, Cal? Pretty good. It has been. I got my first Saturday off yesterday, so I had a whole weekend. Like I'm back in school. That's lovely. That is. That sounds relaxing as heck. Love that for you. You want to ele- elevator pitch yourself a little? Tell us a bit about you. Okay. Well, well, I am Cal. Um, I use they them pronouns. I'm 23. I live in the Midwest of the U.S., but I'm from Texas, and uh, I'm super gay. <laughs> Word. Come to the right place. <laughs> right. Welcome, you made it. You're all the way in Texas. That's where I'm from, yeah. Oh, you're you're in the Midwest from Texas. Right. That's how locations work. <laughs> Still all the way in the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of corn. <laughs> mm, I've I've heard tell of that. We actually live like right next to the like world's pumpkin capital. Oh, pumpkin capital. Ooh. Oh. So there's a lot of pumpkin stuff which is fun oh that sounds awesome it's corn and pumpkins that sounds amazing (laughs) all right now are the it's the big question because uh we're we're from jersey ourselves and we're like the garden state and famous for like tomatoes and in some areas blueberries but i gotta say i'm not into tomatoes or blueberries (laughs) so Is this one of those instances where you're really into corn and pumpkins or you're not into them at this point? I feel like I have a healthy interest in corn and pumpkins. I wouldn't say I'm like obsessed with them. All right. The corn syrup is kind of hard to uh, ignore, so there's that. Oh, sure. 
All right. So, uh, want to lead us on your queer journey? Yeah. Uh, come with me, children. We shall... Oh no. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I didn't realize that I was any kind of queer until I graduated high school. Mm. So I actually like stepped off the stage at my high school graduation and had two thoughts. And my first one was, I don't have to live with my parents anymore. And then my second one was, I could be gay. <laughs> I think I could turn that out. And I had one gay friend named Hannah and was low-key in love with her. And I texted her during graduation and was like, I think I'm gay. And she was like, I've been waiting for this text <laughs> since I met you. <laughs> um, and it's been, it's been kind of fun the longer the more years go by, the more I realize that, like, I definitely was gay the whole time, and I just Mm. didn't have language for it, um, Mm. because I grew up in a really conservative uh, Southern Baptist home. Um, So I remember, like, I was five years old, and I wrote my mom a letter that said, I think I'm a lesbian. (laughs) And uh, she told me, um you're not a lesbian because you're a good person. And I was like, great. Oh, oh <laughs> she, man, that story is hot and cold. <laughs> it's, um, by my mom, my family are, are interesting people. I'm the only gay person in the family, including extended family. I'm also the only liberal and I'm the only one who left Texas. So, mm. uh, <laughs> it's been a, a fun adjustment for everyone i feel like yeah you you took the note that every family has a gay cousin and you just ran with it yeah huh? i was like we don't have one it's time i'm <laughs> stepping up one has to carry the mantle <laughs> and it shall be me that's a lot on your shoulders yeah i have to like no i'm i was gonna say i have to be the model gay but i really don't try to be the model gay at all so mm. i guess i just try to like fight my family as much as i can without uh, actually fighting them hmm. but that's actually changed a lot now that we've been talking more because um I came out to my mom right after the pulse shooting because oh. she wasn't really taking it seriously and I was hmm. like you don't understand why this is so important to me and uh she immediately hung up and then called my dad and then she called my sisters and then she called uh, the rest of the family and everyone from our church because she needed support. And so I only came out to my mom and I didn't come out to anybody else um, personally. But uh, she, my parents kind of disowned me for a while. Um, they, my mom's response was, so you're going to stay up there this summer, yeah? And I was like, great, I guess I am. i got to find a house real fast. It's mm. June. Uh, but um, it was really, really hard for the four years of college I had. And I, every Christmas would go home and just be like, dang, I hate this. And mm. um, I made a decision my junior year. And I, and I, when I was my sophomore year of college, I realized I was trans also, but I didn't tell anybody, um, that was related to me. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I decided that when I graduated, that was going to be the last time I saw my family. Um, and so the Christmas before I graduated, I was like, this is our last Christmas and I can't tell anyone that, but like, 
I don't have to do this again. And I just started dating my current partner, Jane. And I had explained Jane's gender to my family because they're non-binary. Mm-hmm. And I went home for Christmas and everybody used Jane's pronouns correctly the whole time I was there oh. and um, really made an effort to be really inclusive. And it was like a huge turning point because I had just never thought that they would put any kind of effort like that. And uh, so now we're, we're, we're not perfect, but uh, there's been a lot of healing and discussion and, uh, I'm, I definitely see my family twice a year now. So, and then, uh, this summer I came home to meet my first niece and yeah. I know she's so little <laughs> and, um, cause I have, I have an older sister and a younger sister. So my older sister had a baby and mm-hmm. I came down and one by one, I s- sat my family down and was like, Hey, I'm also trans, uh, and none of them were surprised, but also <laughs> they didn't really react. They were kind of like, okay. And I was like, great. So at least you're not yelling at me. Right. But, um, it's been like really good. My dad sends me trans jokes all the time. So that's a fun communication there. <laughs> they're not offensive trans jokes. They're, they're good trans jokes. Gotcha. <laughs> and my, uh, my mom just sent me a package uh it was a part for the air fryer we got from her and she put my correct name on it and i uh kept the label and it's it's taped above my desk so it's been fortunately it's been a uh it's been a very positive experience overall after a terrible terrible time so glad to hear that thanks I feel like I'm talking so much. I know that that's like what we're doing, but also I just yeah. see the little uh, noise bars and <laughs> mine's just like all that's there. And I'm like, oh, dang. <laughs> it is your episode named after you. So <laughs> that is that is the entire conceit of this show is that it's about you this time. <laughs> Thanks. No worries. Your sound waves are center stage. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I don't okay. I think I don't want to say that's my whole story. I've never told the story so quickly before. I feel like I used to like pull on the drama a little bit, but I I felt like it was too traumatic to be like my family sucks for like ten minutes and then be like, just kidding, they're better now. <laughs> so <laughs> the plot twist. <laughs> that's, that's totally fair. <laughs> Like, I, I came from a house where uh, my mom doesn't believe that dinosaurs existed. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. They're a, they're a joke that God put in the uh, dirt as a as a funny thing. Cool. Cool prank. Yeah. yeah. So, some of them are very funny looking. That's true. <laughs> and they never existed, so they can look as mm. funny as they want. This is one of those times where I want to be in the same room recording because Jay is very big on dinosaurs and dinosaur facts <laughs> and dinosaur science. So I would have paid anything to be in the same room as them hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my first rodeo. When I was uh, when I was working in um, a children's museum and we had a dinosaur show, there was like a very Christian school that came. And at the end, I was like, does anyone have any questions? And one child raised uh, their hand and they had the smuggest look on their face. <laughs> and they were like, um, 
How can dinosaurs be millions of years old if the Earth isn't even that old? <laughs> I hate I hate to uh, confess this, but I would have been that kid. Oh, yeah, I no, definitely no. was the kid that was like, well, actually, the Bible <laughs> says that Santa's not real, so <laughs> figured that out. <laughs> I mean, that's I, how kids do. Yeah. yeah, kids take everything as fact, and then they want to share that fact. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously you're wrong, because they have the fact <laughs> memorized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember, Remember, we wrote, we wrote letters to Santa in kindergarten, and I was like, why are we doing this if Santa's not real? And my teacher had to pull me into the hallway and be like, you can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> One time I very... Uh, assertively i guess questioned a uh, bible study teacher because uh he was like uh he was like a substitute sunday school teacher in episcopalian church and he offhandedly was like oh well i mean like we you don't have to take the bible that literally right like we know god didn't create the earth in a literal seven days and i was like excuse me <laughs> So I get it. It says seven. That means seven. <laughs> I heard seven. That's the answer. Get wrecked. Why would anyone ever write a metaphor? <laughs> also, it can't have been translated differently. It was written in English, obviously. Yes. Uh, obviously. Seven days. Do you think someone would do that? Go into a book and tell lies? <laughs> Oh, gosh. Uh, so, Cal, what is something you would like to tell cishet people for the very last time and then you never have to hear about it ever again? I think the, like, the biggest, I know it's like, it feels like a cop-out, but the biggest would just be, like, it doesn't matter if someone identifies differently than you. Like, it doesn't affect you in the slightest. Mm-hmm. And it's really not that hard to uh, respect that. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think that's a cop-out at all. I know oh, a few people who really need to hear that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to think of something funny, but all I could think was like, just shut up for a little bit. That's <laughs> yeah. what I want to tell you. And and dare I say, this is maybe a hot take, but dare I say, some people in the queer community could probably stand to oh, hear that yeah, one too. That's also fair. Ooh, yeah. I, I saw a whole discussion on the internets about like a uh, trans person being like, oh, well, like... Uh, angel fey identities or whatever don't exist and like neo pronouns are nonsense and it's like literally in what way does this impact you positively negatively or neutrally also everything is made up that's true yeah. that's true i'm also, an english you- major and that's just the whole all words are fake forever yeah 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 and how do you get the to the point in like your own queer identity where you fight so hard to hear like to have people like recognize that your existence is very much an existence even if they don't understand it or haven't heard it but then go oh but I can't understand this one so it's bullshit. It's so much like it doesn't excuse it at all but it's so much fear of just being mm. like I tried so hard to be accepted and now that I'm kind of accepted then I'll just I'll do what the cishets are doing which is tell other people that they're not welcome and Mm. it's a rough uh pattern but unfortunately it's definitely a pattern 
Right, yeah, those oh. pe- th- those are the people who want to be the model gay. Uh-huh. So yeah. that they can be respected, but it's like you don't have to be a model gay to be respected. Yep. And also, they're still not going to respect us. We're still <gasps> going to get called faggot. Like, it's... <laughs> they're still gonna be misgendering us like there's not an ounce of respect that we would be able to earn from every cis person right so i'm not gonna fucking fight for it (laughs) yeah also angel Faye is such a cute identity like that's great like yeah i wish that i identified that way i don't and like that's fine but it's just so pretty and i just want to be like yes i am also an angel Faye. hello yeah, I don't. I, I will disclaimer that I don't know that I one hundred percent brought the correct title for it to That's the table. It involved the word angel in some capacity. I don't remember if it involved the word Fay. I know that Fay gets used a lot in terms of like gender identity and like mm-hmm. neo genders and pronouns and stuff. I so if Angel Fay doesn't actually exist, my bad. Oops. It, it can now. Yeah. It can now. I just made it up. If you want to be Angel Fay, go for it. That sounds great. Absolutely. Send <laughs> me on. a letter and be my pen pal. I love it. Yes. You could open up a dictionary and pick any two words and say these two words together are my gender now. And you know what? No one can tell you it's not. That would be yeah. fine. As long yeah. as it's not like Nazi or something, you're good. True. You. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are some identities I will not validate. <laughs> Nazi is one of them. I don't know. If you say you're like this head mm, I, I need to think about that a little bit like it just needs to be more logical to me yeah if <laughs> you you still gotta have some queerness about you there are, <laughs> there are some queer cis heads y'all y'all are great and super and let it shine <laughs> but if, if you don't if you don't have an ounce of queerness about you what are we doing here <laughs> why what why do you ha- hate fun <laughs> You could be having fun. You could you could live a life where a sentence you say about your day is I'm pen pals with an angel fay. Right? You could be doing that. But here we are. And you but are pen pals are. with no one. That's yeah. so sad. Oh. I've been thinking of getting back in the pen pal game. I love writing letters. I have like a bunch of wax stamp seals and like Ooh. fancy tape and I like have my own perfume that I spray in all my letters so they yeah. smell like roses. That's, That's so, so nice. Good. Every letter can be a love letter if you let it. <laughs> yes. yes. Every yeah. letter can be a love letter if you're feeling the love and you're writing a letter. Right? Now's and the time I- to bring it all back, I think. Agreed. Yeah. Especially with the post office like needing support. <gasps> True. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everybody just write gay love letters and we'll save the post office it'll be great yeah yes and you can buy like fancy prettier stamps on the usps.com website Mm -hmm. uh right now they have some harlem renaissance stamps that i personally love um and there's also like fruit and flowers and stuff it's just a really good time I love that. There's also a USPS crop top. Thank you. Oh. Thank you. I was just about to bring up queer icon USPS crop top. And let me tell you, I literally just pulled it up because I remembered last night that I heard that it got restocked and I have mm-hmm. to have it in a tab so I don't forget later to buy it. I, I 
I, um, God willing, knocking on wood, I have top surgery at the end of the month, so I'm trying to save money for that, but I'm looking True. at that USPS crop top, and I'm thinking to myself, I could spare maybe, like, I don't know, is it 20 bucks? Like, and it will, <laughs> it'll just, I don't know what I was about to say, but yes, get the crop top, is what I'm saying now. I feel like my insurance should cover crop top. That's true. It's it's gender. If, uh, oh God, now I forgot all words. Affirmation. Yeah. Yeah. I was like a word for good. <laughs> it's gender affirmative care for me to get rid of my titties and then get a crop top. Agreed. I just think that my insurance should pay for my binders, packers, and crop tops. Thank That's you. <laughs> yes. And bright hair dye. And bright hair yes. dye, yes. And fake eyelashes. Yes. Obviously. And button-up shirts. <laughs> you know, maybe just our whole wardrobes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying I shouldn't have to be the one to pay for it. I don't know who will. We shouldn't pay for anything because capitalism is a scam. Thank you. And now we've reached the point of the podcast we get to every single time that capitalism is bad. It's true. (laughs) We did it. Podcast over. That's the end. (laughs) (laughs) Health insurance, housing, and crop tops for all. Yes. (laughs) Unless you don't want to wear a crop top, we will get you a regular shirt. Yes. True. Yes. We'll yeah. get you whatever it is you want to rock. Yes. I just want to see those tums. Tums. Look at those tums. I've had such a like complicated relationship with my tum, and now getting to like embrace it is so fun. Oh, same. Yeah. Same. Right. Love the tum. It's been. I think that's like that's another big part of my like queer journey is like because I went through like a lot of the like body shaming that young women do mm-hmm. and then I was like well I just really don't like being a woman but it's just because of internalized misogyny and then someone was like what if you're not a woman and I was like oh <laughs> excuse <laughs> Ooh, spicy spicy oh, oh I, that's actually feels a lot better you you got it yep 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 <laughs> like I I don't want to come on here and say that being trans and discovering your gender identity cures eating disorders. I will not say that. However, all I'm going to say is that I had a really rough eating disorder. Then I realized I was trans and that literally changed the entire game about my relationship with my body. Right. Mm. It did. I mean, I don't think I had the same experience with my eating disorder, but it definitely changed how I felt about myself. And there's a lot less negative talk. Mm. Yeah. Turns out accepting ourselves is a really helpful step in accepting ourselves. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. You're totally right. What? <laughs> my, oh my god. Sorry. My little sister's getting married uh, next March. Ah. And she asked me to be one of her bridesmaids. But when she asked, she asked if I would be a bride's people. And then she sent me a picture of the bridesmaid dress, but she said we made sure to find a style that also offers a jumpsuit, so that if you want to wear the jumpsuit, you can. And I was just like, "Mm, I know. That's incredibly good. I'm so warm and fuzzy. That's lovely. Oh, Oh, goodness gracious. All right. So, Cal, what is on your gay agenda? Uh, I am a big believer in 
positivity and uh, not letting yourself get burned out because it's really, really easy to do. Um, I just started therapy again with like an actual nice therapist who didn't secretly think I just shouldn't be gay. Um, Oh, yeah. Um, Really important. Right? Um, And um, she was like, I was talking about how I work all day and then I want to do 20,000 things and then I end up doing none of the things. And she was like, you should do things you like to do, but only for the amount of time that you like to do them. And if you Mm. view all of your hobbies as another job, then you're never going to like, you're not taking care of yourself. And so... I've been uh, texting all my friends that little bit from my therapist, Linda, (laughs) for the past, like, four months to just be, like, we have been trained to think that, like, we have to finish embroidery that can be sold, and we have to write a book that's Mm. marketable, and we have to, you know, uh, we can't draw until you know how to draw, and it's been so freeing to be like, I'm working on all these projects, and yeah, someday I'd like to publish a book or um, be known as an artist, but not to the point that I'm beating myself up over it now, especially now with all of the pandemic shit going on. And I was like furloughed for like four months and our landlord almost kicked us out, uh, last week because he didn't like our furniture. Um, and so, yeah, so it's, it's like so easy to be overwhelmed and then to add this idea of work equals self-worth on top of it. And so trying to detangle myself from that is like the ultimate gay communist agenda. Mm. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. I love that. Yes, 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 yes. I I think I needed to hear that too. (laughs) Thank you, therapist Linda. She's so great. I love her so much. (laughs) She actually like calls me out on my bullshit. Like I'll be like, I just think my anxiety is like so big and I'm like yelling at it all the time. And she was like, Your anxiety is not a person, so stop. And I was like, Ooh. All right, Linda. Linda. (laughs) I actually I I don't wanna like advertise I guess but I I saw I met Linda on betterhelp.com and it's really good if you can afford it and they have financial aid as well because uh you fill out a questionnaire and then your therapist reads it so they know like everything about you before (laughs) they sign on so it's not like if you if you go see a therapist in your area you're kind of just like gambling that they'll be accepting and knowledgeable and mm. not sex shamey or whatever mm. right but with better help linda was like you got an eating disorder anxiety and you're super gay i got it and i was like great and so <laughs> it's been it's taken a lot of pressure off of the idea of therapy and counseling that's awesome great. that's lovely neat I think a little advertising is fine if it means, you know, that maybe somebody has an easier time getting some therapy. Agreed. Yeah. (laughs) Especially, it's so, uh, it's so tough to find a therapist in general for anyone, but for gay people, it's be hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gay people and people of color have a hard time finding, understanding therapists is a definite issue, definite issue. And mm-hmm. I'm glad that the internet has been used to mitigate that somewhat. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right, Jay, want to lead us in a game? Sorry, I had to burp first. <laughs> in the podcast, I'm begging you. I love it. Uh, yes, our, our theme song. Yeah. Our game theme song. All right, now that that's done. Uh, hi, I'm Jay, your camp counselor. And I brought a classic back for today's games. Uh, games? Game. It's just one. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the Gay Olympics. Uh, must it's just compete at a twelve-part tournament over three days. <laughs> oh no! To be fair, we did bring um, it was a joke, but we did bring a triathlon here once. So um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, today's game, a classic. All your faves are gay. Yee. But when uh, I saw that you were a writer, I decided that today would be. All Your Faves Are Gay, Classic Lit Edition. Nice. Mm. Emily Dickinson, Jane Austen, Virginia Woolf. Gay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Actually, no, I'm not 100% sure about Jane Austen, but if she wasn't gay, she was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I like that parameter. Are they gay or are they just cool? <laughs> It's I'm not- sorry, I thought you were gay. It just turns out you're really fucking cool. <laughs> it's not literature as much as a like historical figure, but there was this um, gender non-conforming person, Mathilde Morny, who lived in the early 1900s in France, and she was. They were the Marquis of Russia, and um, they. I I did my whole thesis paper on them, and last night I had a dream that I got to go on a date with them, and I couldn't. It revealed that I knew everything about their lives, so I just had to be like, "Yeah, who are you? Hmm? Hi, I'm. I've never heard of you before ever. I definitely am not uh, translating your autobiography from French. That's weird. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> who does that? <laughs> okay, so I have picked out eight classic lit characters. Oh, yeah, um, awesome. And we're going to decide, as, as a queer collective, uh, you will head us, of course, but uh, we'll decide as a queer collective if they are queer, if so, how, what flavor. Um, <laughs> because of the nature of classic literature, a lot of these characters are dudes, unless... True. Unless. <laughs> oh, <laughs> unless we, we decide that they're not, I guess. <laughs> And we have that power. <laughs> I feel we like this is, this is the beginning of like every argument I had with my English professors <laughs> was just like, unless, and they were like, no, it's not. Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have that power here. So are you ready? I am. I was born ready. All right. We're going to start with a softball here. Dorian Gray. Uh, anything by Oscar Wilde is gay. All characters, so yeah, that's true. He's really dramatic. He's scared about uh, the aspect of time. He is obsessed with himself. He is also very. Uh, did I say dramatic? I feel like I already said that. He <laughs> say it twice for him. Stares repeating. Hella dramatic, and he's very luxurious and throws lavish parties. So gay as hell. I, um, my, our friend of the podcast, Josh Hitchens, uh, theater artist, created a one-person show of the picture of Dorian Gray, and my partner Tim and I went to go see it, and the second we get in the car, uh, my partner turns to me and goes, sarcastically, goes, wait, was Oscar Wilde gay? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Excellent. All right. Uh, next we have Fitzwilliam Darcy. I think Darcy might be a little bit asexual. Because, mm-hmm. or maybe a romantic. I mean, he does fall in love with um, Elizabeth, but that doesn't mean that he wasn't a romantic. Or demi romantic. Or demi romantic. He's That's just, true. he's very reserved. Uh, he's scared to express his feelings. And when he does, he does not do them very well. That's a classic gay uh, thing. True. He like yep. fell in love with Elizabeth really fast, but also hated her. Very gay, I feel like. Yes. Um, <laughs> He also saw this, like, woman that was not conforming to society rules, and he was like, ah, yes, I am in love with you. Found the queerest woman in the room and said, step on me, Elizabeth Bennet. (laughs) (laughs) Your family is poor, but I love you. And she was like, god damn it. (laughs) (laughs) You could have just said the second part. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever? Hmm? Go ahead. I'm down for, like, demi-romantic, asexual Darcy. I, um... Oh, have you ever seen the Lizzie Bennet Diaries on YouTube? Many moons ago. Awesome. (laughs) I just want to make sure that everyone experiences it, because it's beautiful. I I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about Carmilla. Also, yes. A while ago. I'm all here for, like, modern adaptations that become gayer and more inclusive. Yes. Mm. Hell yes. All right. Uh, Speaking of question mark, Sherlock Holmes. I have very strong opinions, but I want to hear your take first. I've never read Sherlock Holmes. I've experienced him in his many forms in other types of media, but I've never read sir arthur conan doyle so i'm not sure how based in literature my ideas are i don't know how he interacts with people i know that it's very well yeah that's true (laughs) i know that it's very it's very common to be like well obviously these two guys live together and travel together and know a lot about Mm -hmm. each other so they're together Mm -hmm. but i have to say that i don't have a strong footing on this one well, I will put forth that, yeah, T and Watson live together. Um, and, you know, if somebody said that's reason enough that they're gay, I'd be like, well, I don't know. Let's see. Um, but the series does conclude with the two of them retiring to the country together to raise bees. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, then he, they're very gay. Okay. Obviously. Yeah. Um, I'm here to say, I, I will fight <laughs> someone on this. Uh, I think Sherlock Holmes is an... Um, an asexual trans man. Nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I'll fight anyone. <laughs> I, uh, with the with the whole retiring to the countryside with the bees thing, I am fully convinced that Sherlock Holmes is a he him lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> they do be those do be liking some bees. It's true. It's true. It's true. Some big bright green tomatoes energy. And I'm not going to apologize for that. I, that's the only uh, book that I think is worse than the movie. Hmm. <laughs> I have a few things on that list, TVH. <laughs> but I I grew up with the movie. I adore the movie. It makes me cry every time. There's like more explicitly gay parts in the book, but there's also more explicitly racist parts in the book. And it's <laughs> cool. really hard to uh, overlook those. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the movie's not terrific on that, mm-hmm. but at least they're like the overwhelming message is racism is wrong. Yeah. The only the big thing for me was that one guy uh gets accused of being with the in the KKK and he's like, Look at my boots. You didn't see these boots at the clan meeting because I'm not a KKK member, but that doesn't happen in the book. He's just in the KKK and secretly fine. So, oh no, oh that was, no, that was the turning point for me. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to finish this book. <sighs> and if the book doesn't have Kathy Bates, I'm sorry, but is it worth it? Right. <laughs> and so Kathy Bates becomes like more empowered and like mm-hmm. emotionally aware. And in the book, that doesn't really happen. Mm. Yeah. So Sherlock yeah, Holmes is a bee charmer. Yes. <laughs> Long story gotcha. short, Sherlock Holmes is gay. Great. Sherlock yes. Holmes is Tawanda, and I love fried green tomatoes. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> okay. Concept. Uh, how, well, not concept. Let's hear the concept. How do we feel about Dr. Jekyll? Oh. Mm. Uh, he's not a cool dude. I hate to be like, he's also gay. I feel like well, we can we can have bad people too. That's fair, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we've I proven mean, that Jeffrey already. Star is gay. Maybe you could look at the story of Jekyll and Hyde as a like metaphor for what happens when you reject your inner identity. Mm. And so, a lot of trans people go through that idea of like, I'm a monster. I'm secretly incorrect. I hurt people when I'm not myself, but that's secretly who I really am. And I think that if Dr. Jekyll embraced Mr. Hyde, then they would just be a great time. Yeah. Hmm. It's the therapy that Jekyll needs. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There are two wolves inside all of us. Both of them are gay, but one of them is a little hesitant to admit it. (laughs) (laughs) Jekyll's queer identity is should probably see a therapist. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch! Oh, I feel called out. No, that's a a call out of me, too. (laughs) Well, I already talked to Linda, so it's not me. Cal's good. They have Linda. (laughs) Friend of the podcast therapist, Linda. (laughs) All right. Are we ready for next character? Absolutely. All right. Another one that I have feelings about. uh, Holden Caulfield. Wait, that's Catcher in the Rye? Yes. I haven't read that book. It's a little bit triggering for me. Fair. I but also fair. haven't read that book, and, not, and just because I haven't read it. <laughs> There's no reason. I just haven't. <laughs> One of my favorite professors, Dr. Glasmeyer, did a whole presentation about how um, Hayden Caulfield is an example of the othering of queerness and of femininity. Mm. And, um, so I'm going to say Dr. G got it right. Hell <laughs> yeah. Right. Hell yeah. Absolutely. I've never called her Dr. G in my life. I hope she never sees this. <laughs> I'm like, it's Danielle, first of all. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, how do we feel about Joe March? Oh, Obvi- Okay. That should have been the first one. It should have been like, here's the easy one. The sample question is Joe March. (laughs) I'm sorry. I have a lot of feelings about Joe March and Louisa May Alcott. And if Jay brought this here expecting that I wouldn't just scream over this entire segment, then he was incorrect. (laughs) 
No, I, I threw her in because I knew this would happen. <laughs> this is like half of my personality is screaming about Louisa May. Oh, <laughs> I love it. That's a great half of a personality. <laughs> anyway, Kel, just go ahead and tell us how you feel about Joe March. Uh, she's obviously straight. I don't know what y'all are talking about. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's, like, I think I saw a book recently that's about her being gay. Someone, Ooh. like, rewrote this story and was like, and Joe's gay as hell, the end. I was about to say, was the book called Little Women? <laughs> <laughs> it was called, like, Joe Alcott and something. didn't even want her to marry anybody. She wanted no. Joe to be a spinster like her, and then all of her fans were like, no, she needs to be married to a boy. <laughs> So, the professor, whatever his name is, is 100% fan service, and Louise May Alcott is a lesbian, at, nice. at minimum. At minimum. <laughs> she literally, I'm sorry, she, I'm taking over this second, she literally <laughs> at one point said that she thought that she, by freak accident, was a man born in a woman's body, because she has always loved women and never once has loved a man. Well... Well, that's the straightest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> that's what a heterosexual would say. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that sounds that's pretty gay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's me screaming about Louisa May Alcott. I appreciate it very much. Excellent. I will I will take it. I like that so far, all gay, all the time. Obviously. What did you expect? Okay. All right. Uh, Long John Silver from Treasure Island. I haven't read that one. Well, I, <laughs> if you have seen any of the uh, film adaptations such as uh, Treasure Planet or Masterpiece of Film, yes, Muppet Treasure Muppets. Island. Yes. Yes, 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 I can recite that movie from memory. I love that movie. <laughs> if you would like to use that as your litmus, I think that would um, <laughs> very that would be very appropriate. Oh, gosh. Also, Muppets from Space. It's unrelated, but Muppets from Space is a great movie. It's related in that it's about how Gonzo's non-binary, but yes. Absolutely. Yes. True, 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 true. That was a Tim Curry character, right? Yeah. Yes, Tim Curry okay. was Long John Silver in Muppet Treasure Island. Got it. I've, I've figured, I just wanted to make sure. I also had a huge crush on him as Long John Silver. Well, it's Tim oh, Curry. Sure. That's true. <laughs> yeah, it, it is Tim Curry. Based on Tim Curry's portrayal in, in <laughs> Muppet Treasure Island, I posit that Long John Silver is the single older gay man in the community who, like, mentors young queers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he does take him under his wing, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. He's like, let me tell you about life. And also, we steal stuff, but, you know, why not? Yeah. It's supposed to be a whole disappointment that he's a pirate, but it's like, I don't know. That was guy's lame. <laughs> yeah. Pirates I, sound cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I would posit that that Long John Silver is the elder gay who takes everybody under his wing. And his stuff is a little outdated, but you just take it with a grain of salt because, yes. like, otherwise it's pretty valid uh, information. Yes. And advice. If like the character you, can be portrayed by Tim Curry and there is music involved, then it is a gay character. True. <laughs> yes. The end. But yeah, yeah, he's the elder gay where it's like, so, you know, he uses some phrases that are maybe not cool to use anymore, but you also know that he was at like, 
all of the protests when he was younger. Yeah. Yeah. My landlord's husband is like that. Oh. Yeah, our landlords are two little old gay men, which has its pros and cons. But uh, recently we talked to one of them and he said that he used to be a burlesque dancer and when the bars got raided and that's how he met our landlord was running from a raid as a burlesque dancer. And I was like, damn, okay. (laughs) That is a love story for the ages. I know. And now they're landlords. Where did they go wrong? Mm. You were so close. <sighs> is, is it homophobic to say now that it makes so much more sense to me that they were giving you a lot of flack because they didn't like your furniture? <laughs> That's fair, I guess. But you, okay, they were like, the the apartment has lost some of its luxury because you have too much furniture. But then you go over yeah. to their house and they are the head of our town's historical preservation committee so their house is just there's no room to sit down the walls are covered by paintings and like saddles and artifacts and i was like you really came into our beautifully decorated apartment because my partner (laughs) is an interior decorator at heart and said that we have lost some of our luxury get out that's garbage (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah also it's your part whatever Anyway, <laughs> All right. I, I'm sure I don't have to tell you. <laughs> I have uh, one final character. Fantastic. Uh, a, Gay. An Edgar Allan Poe classic. Gay. Um, the Raven. The actual Raven? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the titular Raven. The titular Raven. Uh, it's loud, uh, dramatic does not keep secrets well gay it's true (laughs) comes pounding on your door to say I've got some shit to tell you (laughs) has a catchphrase that you're kind of like can you stop saying nevermore like that doesn't even make sense in this context You know, if you told me that, like, there was a a group of gays in the city who started using Nevermore as slang, I would believe you in a second. So, yeah, this is... I feel like that's definitely happened. (laughs) Girl, Nevermore. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I might might be that gay now. Can I? I want to change my gay agenda to everybody has to say Nevermore. (laughs) All right. As gay people. Oh, yeah. Making our own slang. All right. (laughs) Slang that was not stolen from uh, people of color. It's just yeah. on post slang. That's that's the resolution here. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Heck yeah. Now we're just stealing slang from assholes. Yeah. No big deal. Um. Well, that was all your faves are gay. Classic lit edition. Thank you so much for confirming that all of these characters are queer. Absolutely. If you ever need me to tell you how other characters are gay, that's all I want to do for the rest of my life. Hell yeah! Perfect. Just send me messages like, "Is so and so gay?" And I'll be like, "Yes, <laughs> yes, obviously." <laughs> I have an English literature degree, so I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a professional in the field. Professional in telling you your faves are gay. The end. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show, Cal. Is there anything you'd like to plug? I have started a positivity anthology contest project. The goal of which is to 
have a collection of stories featuring minority characters that have happy endings because <gasps> I think a lot of literature by or about minorities tend to focus on the very real problems that we're facing and rightfully so but also it can get really draining um and -hmm. exhausting to only see yourself represented in realistic scenarios that you're trying to escape with media so our first um it's called this Oh, no, I just changed it. The Sunshine Reserves. Um, We have a website. It's thesunshinereserves.com. It might just be sunshinereserves.com. I don't know my own website. Hold on. We'll link to it in the description. Sunshine Reserves. So people can just click on that. Okay, yeah. So um, our first collection is going to be LGBT characters because... I'm the only person doing it, and I didn't want to speak for any other minority groups. Um, Not to say Mm. that I understand everything about the entire LGBT community experience, but I think I have a little bit more of a foothold in there than uh, anything else. So our first project is that um, we are accepting literature, uh, poetry, and art, um, and... Hopefully in the future, if it's successful, I can get a group of people together that will get paid instead of just me spending all of my free time doing it um, and can have more diverse people on the judgment panel. But that is what I'm doing, and I'm really excited about it. Oh, yeah. That sounds awesome. Um, Yeah. Submissions are open until uh, February, I think. Ooh, that's so much time. Yeah. Yeah, get them out there, everyone. (laughs) We're also on Twitter and Facebook. And by we, I mean it's literally just me. I'm the only person doing it. But (laughs) it feels weird to be like, I'm on Facebook with my project. So we collectively are doing it. (laughs) (laughs) It is only Jay and us being, Jay and I being in combo together that it makes this podcast feel legitimized because otherwise I'm like, and you can find our podcast over here. Please listen to my voice. <laughs> I thought if I did a podcast, I would just retell retell um, biblical stories, but like really sarcastically. Because okay. I grew up in the church and was like really religious for so long. And so whenever a show will like reference Job or something, my partner mm-hmm. will be like, wait, what's that story? And I'll be like, all right, so <laughs> God said, I hate this motherfucker and decided to make his life miserable. And he did <laughs> the end. So <laughs> that's my podcast pitch. <laughs> that's a great pitch. And let me tell you, I have a personal project where I want to read through the Bible, but try and interpret it in the, um, just the, the gayest, kinkiest read I can. So, oh, Solomon, man, <laughs> yeah. that's all Song of Solomon is. Yep, <laughs> and I feel like David's probably like the most problematic bi you'll ever see in mm. literature. I'm not saying there's a lot of feet stuff, <laughs> but I didn't no. know there was a lot of feet stuff, but now I've learned that. <laughs> There's a lot of washing of feet. I'm gonna call my mom and be like, "Did you know that Jesus had a foot fetish?" And she'll be like, "I'm disowning you for the second time." <laughs> That'll be the our, final our straw. Chill, but now 
she's like, I'm not voting for Trump because you convinced me. I'm okay with you being gay. I'm okay with you being trans. You're dating a black person. But God damn it, if you say Jesus has a foot fetish one more time, it's over. <laughs> if you keep my saying partner- it at Thanksgiving dinner, I swear to God. <laughs> my partner said, uh, and he's a masochist, which is just not okay. <laughs> I- Stop! <laughs> They said I heard. No, I'm not repeating it. (laughs) Oh my god. And that was the podcast. Jesus has a foot fetish. The end. Excellent. Assigning kinks to biblical characters. Jay, want to pitch your stuff? Yeah. If you wanna, if you wanna send me what two randomized dictionary words make up your gender, I'm on Twitter at underscore glittergoblin underscore, uh, and I link to other social medias from there. Yee, and you can find my gay agenda on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and then from there, just wherever the internet wizards take it. Um, and if you're on uh, po- Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever, uh, feel free to drop us a rating. That's super helpful subscribe follow do all that uh you can also find us on facebook and twitter our twitter handle is gay agenda cast and uh if you want to join in on a financial level then we have a patreon that is patreon.com slash my gay agenda and we will on occasion post bonus content uh most often it's my partner and i watching a movie and then uh, we talk- It's a movie specifically that one or both of us missed out on in childhood, uh, the last one being High School Musical, oh my God. which I have memorized for rote and he had never seen. So, <laughs> Is it like Mystery Science Theater 3000 style? Um, that would probably get us in a bit of copyright That's issues. Fair. It's more of a, the first, the first bit will be us like, telling what our perception of it is based on like cold read and then after is our reaction (laughs) i love it (laughs) and uh you can join us on there like rachel crow higgins i threw in a mystery science theater reference there Um, and tiny sneal See, I thought that was a throwback to, like, The Raven. (laughs) (laughs) Quote The Raven, crow. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. All right, until next time, put this in your gay agenda. Change the world. Love yourself. Send a love letter. Yes. I'm going to send a bunch of love letters now. And that's our gay agenda. That's our gay agenda. That's our gay agenda. We just want to exist.